Content warning. Gunshots and assault. Moss Hollow. Episode 13. The Flame. Okay, new plan. Find Claire myself. I'll be fine. I know these woods. Find her, get her back to camp, fuck this, and then I'll never have to see Anna again. Then I'll hit up Josh and ask if I can crash on his couch until I can leave town. I may not be able to get my job back, but at least I'll have a roof over my head until I can make money somehow. Trent told me this summer, you care about the things that matter. And where did that get me? I cared about my mom. I cared about work. I don't want to live off checks. Maybe it's pride. I'd feel like giving up if I weren't so angry. Trent's wrong. I'll never leave. My chest hurts, and my hips feel wrong walking like this. I wonder if I'll ever have a normal foot again. I don't have time to cry right now. I feel my skin start to burn. I take a corner of the quilt and push sweat off my face. I'm tired of hauling my shit on some stupid quest. If I can keep up my hustle, I'll lose Anna for good. The men walking past stare through me. It's a good thing because I'm limping with this stump. My heart is racing. I don't want to be in this crowd anymore. It feels wrong. I have to find a mirror, a window, something. Voices are picking up in the wind. There's yelling from behind me. Shit's about to go down. I gotta get out of here. People are flooding out of their houses. I can't just go up to someone's porch. I reassure myself that since no one can see me, I'm probably out of harm's way. But it doesn't feel like it. Panic sits in my throat like a hot stone. Breathe. It finds us through our fear. I look around for plant matter or moss. The town is bare. The streets are stripped dry except for one tree a few houses up. The trees and any other greenery are pushed back along the ridges and extend into thick woods above. Past the furthest row of houses is the tallest ridge. There's so much kudzu growing on it, it looks like a curtain sweeping across the mountain. I'm lucky. If there's no moss nearby, it can't find me. Fuck! I try to jog toward the closest house and duck behind a corner. I end up crouching in mud despite the dry heat. Men are running. Think. I look for a window to use. One is dirty, and another above me is broken. The camera. I rip everything out of my bag and I pull the camera to my chest, popping the lid off the lens. Last time, I took a picture of Anna and it worked. I look into the lens, ready to go. Okay, um, think of the gas station. Come on. I think of the gas station and then I think of myself at the gas station. And then I think of the road next to the gas station. And then I think of Anna's fucked up car parked outside the gas station. Nothing's happening. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. I look through the viewfinder, pointing the lens down to the ground. (laughs) My foot. In the viewfinder, it's missing. But when I pull the camera away from my face, my foot is there, or I guess the roots. I move my leg around. I realize I have feeling through this tangled knot. I can feel the ground under me and the soft texture of mud. I feel the warmth. A bullet hits the house. I can't help it, but I'm shaking. Focus. 
I scroll to the recent photos. There's a photo of bees, some blurry, with a dark vapor hovering just above. My breath seizes. This is the picture I took of Anna to escape last time. But Anna's not in it. My eyes sting with tears. This isn't right. How am I supposed to get out of here? This is going to get so much worse. A bullet scrapes the house. Cop cars are flying up the dirt road from where I left Anna. The camera's not working and I can't stay here. I lift myself against the wall, getting ready to sling my bag and attempt to run. All right, as I round the corner, I thought I was invisible. A young man looks me in the eyes, a moment of shock, and then he continues running. No, if he can see me, but the last man who saw me, that can only mean. A gunshot rings out and he falls forward. Bullets rip through the dirt. I lose my balance. All I can do is curl my body behind my backpack. I know I'm next. Men are rallying now. I see some are armed and signaling to each other. I pull myself to the man so I can turn him over. I need to see if he's alive. I pull his shoulder toward me and his eyes are open. He's gone. What if I could have used the mint to help him? Or what if I could have at least eased his passing? I spin my gaze across the road. I can't be here. I realize now that if anyone makes eye contact with me, they're marked for death. Clouds roll overhead, stamping out the sun. Lacey! (gasps) My voice catches in my throat. It's, what the hell are you doing? Officer Groves, you on something? He's shining a flashlight down at me, even in broad daylight. No, I can't stop my body from shaking. Lacey Bronson, I'm getting tired of you turning up like this. Does he not see? Get up. The flashlight blinds me. A wind whips through the trees. As quickly as the scene around me devolved into violence, the sky darkened. Men still call for each other. The cops are screaming insults. I don't understand. Lacey, if you don't get up now, I'm taking you in. I look at the body, and I know I can't leave him yet. The librarian, the signalman, they've all made it clear that I need to help. I just don't know what I'm doing. (sighs) He grabs me by the arm and harshly pulls me. He smells like bad cologne and liquor. Then, gripping my wrist, he turns my arms over to check for track marks. (sighs) He pushes me away and shines a flashlight into my eyes. Uh, Hey! What are you on? Nothing. I start to cry. Is this real? (laughs) I drop to the ground. I'm gonna get shot. Get up! He's angry now. The trees are moving. A dark fog sinks from the woods toward the houses, creeping along the ground. When it hits dirt, it picks up speed. He grabs me and begins to pull me away. He's stumbling. Get off! He spins on his heel and gets in my face. You want to end up like your mother? (laughs) You're drunk! He laughs. He mumbles something about poker. Turning behind me, daylight still washes over the street. Men are protected behind houses, shooting back in waves now. It's still not a fair fight. Officer Groves grabs my arm and starts dragging me toward his car. No! Want me to cuff you? He threatens. Then I notice the open driver door. The whiskey bottle. I feel my hands ignite with heat. It's just my nerves. 
Darkness begins to wash over us. The fog is swallowing the ground. This feels wrong, like the crossroads. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I don't have much time to get out of here. But my sights are set on the whiskey. I have to get the corn back. Sure, I'll go. I'll go with you. Good. If your mother can't behave, at least you will. <laughs> I push him off me. I bolt for the car. Hey! He screams after me. He's stronger, but I'm faster. I grab the bottle. Oh, fuck, it's empty. No. He grabs me again and pushes me against the car. I drop the bottle. It doesn't break. He's going to try to cuff me, but he's drunk. The root sends shooting pain up my leg. He's stepping on me. My right hand burns with heat. I get my wrist free, and I turn to hit him across his ear. The darkness makes it hard to see. When he reaches for me again, he pushes me backward on accident. Instead of the ground, I fall against a tree. I'm fueled with anger and heartache and feelings I can't name. Why did the innocent man have to die while someone like this walks free among the living? I want to hurt him. I want him to suffer. I open my clenched fist to reveal the flame the signalman gave me from the lantern. The flame rises from my skin, flickering against the fog. The wind disappears in all directions. With death comes stillness. This is it. I could take his life. He looks at me, slack-jawed and dull from liquor. No, Lacey! The voice sounds familiar. Before I can turn to see where it's coming from, his nose starts bleeding. I want to say aloud all the reasons I hate him, all the reasons he deserves it, when suddenly he starts screaming. <laughs> then he gags, reaching for his throat. He pulls something from inside his mouth, frantic to get it out. It's corn silk. He's ripping handfuls of corn silk away. He can't breathe. Plant matter is shredding the fabric of his uniform. His eyes are bulging. <laughs> Roots overtake him as green husks push themselves from his chest. His skull, the roots wrap him to the ground and drag him toward the tree. I scramble out of the way. Lacey, run. The flame in my hand still rips through the toxic air. The fog draws in closer. The bark above me creaks as I see something emerge. The frozen, twisted image of Officer Grove's face. Lacey. Panicking, I grab the bottle off the ground. It's barely visible. Someone takes my hand, extinguishing the flame, and pulls me toward the direction of the daylight. It's the midwife. You mustn't do that. The veil is open. I feel the humming through my roots. You mustn't call it to you. We're running as quickly as we can toward the chaos of the street again. There he is, on the ground. Wait, I say. I need to help him. There's no time. Finding my things, she drags the quill over us and covers my mouth. It stifles a scream from me when I see her face. Her eyes are completely black. Green veins pulse from her neck. She's visibly worried and in pain. Stay quiet. You must think of her now. Who? Your grandmother. The midwife continues to clutch my hand, which is stained with soot. Finally, my fear... Shock and adrenaline stir themselves into a sadness I've learned to avoid. Tears well up in my eyes and sobs escape me. I cover my mouth. Whatever darkness was drawn out from the woods is circling nearby. I can't keep my thoughts straight, but I try. 
I miss her. I think of the rollerblades she got me for Christmas. I think of her singing old folk songs I got made fun of for singing at school. The daylight illuminates the fabric, but the burning smell fills my nose. We're not out of danger. Let her in. I think of her jewelry box. I think of her taking care of my mom when she was at her lowest point. I think of her in the kitchen, her worn hands shelling peas. My heart aches. The midwife's hand releases mine. The humming is gone, but worry still grips me. After a few moments, she lifts the quilt off us. The men are gone. Some of the houses are gone. The ones that remain have boarded up windows. The power lines are slack. The kudzu has overtaken everything. The road we're on is paved. (gasps) My foot! My roots have buried into the earth, into the pavement. (laughs) The midwife places her hands to the ground. With no force, the old asphalt cracks apart. Breathe, she tells me. The roots know what to do. I feel each pull up from the solid earth and wrap together. It's uncomfortable, but they return to their shape to help me walk. It's strange. I feel more used to it now. It's time to finish here. I wipe my tears. I don't feel ready for what she's asking, even though I don't really know what it is. She indicates behind me, and I discover the body of the man who was shot is still with us. His friends, or the memory of his friends, are lost to time. It begins to rain. You must hurry. Go collect one of these. She points to the edge of the road. There are rows of tall plants with broad sage green leaves. They bloom into pillars with small yellow flowers brightly bursting in clusters. Go! (laughs) I run, more like a stumble, and approaching it, I take off a large leaf and then quickly remember to add, thank you for being here, thank you for helping. The leaves are soft. Then I clumsily collect some of the flowers and return to the midwife. My hands are shaking. It's Mullen. Ask the spirit to help acknowledge your true voice, just as he did. She points to the body. What do you mean? This memory is one of justice. He fought for a better life. A deep sadness swells in my heart. I can tell she's trying not to let her fear show. Knowing something is wrong, I quickly scatter the mullen flowers across the body. It doesn't feel the same as using the mint. It feels hollow. Looking to her, I ask, Can you... Is there a way? Can you bring my granny back? No, child. We're not among the living. I can give you guidance where I can, but we cannot intervene. I'm in danger now. Her face mirrors my sadness, and I know this is goodbye. The flame is meant to be balanced. Where is your other? My other what? She's terrified now. You must find her. Bring her back. The large leaf in my hand is vibrating. Something's wrong with it. I turn to my bag to retrieve the book, and then it hits me. Anna has the book. It's losing its softness and starts to feel brittle in my hand. No. Thinking quickly, I roll the leaf tightly and stick it down the neck of the empty whiskey bottle. It'll be safe in there for now. I scramble for my things, thinking maybe the midwife is about to send me off with final words or transport me somewhere else. I pick up the wet quilt and sling my bag over my shoulder. (sighs) The body is gone. I hope I did the right thing. I turn to the midwife. She looks up into the rain, falls limp, 
and her body scatters into dried leaves that blow away in the wind of the rising storm. Moss Hollow is written and performed by Melinda Beck. Original music by Kendall Winter. Mountain Foley by Melody Parrish. If you're in the U.S., then happy Thanksgiving this week. And I just wanted to say that I'm grateful that you've been listening. Um, If you haven't already, please consider leaving a rating or a review, depending on the platform that you listen on. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next week.